Oh, hey, if you're listening to this, then that means you're listening to the special cut of Monday's episode that is scrubbed free of Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. So we're well aware not everybody can make it out to the theaters given Omicron and everything else with COVID right now. So we wanted to be conscientious and give people a way to listen to the episode without fear of spoilers. Uh, there was a lot of great reflective moments of 2021 that we had with our guest TK, and we wanted as many people to be able to listen to it as possible. So rest assured, if you're listening to this episode of our top five scenes of the MCU in 2021, there are no Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. It is important to note that this is dropping the same day Eternals is hitting Disney+. Plus. So if you're not caught up with that, there is one specific reference to that movie, but I will say no more. Make sure you have seen that, or if you're not too concerned, then listen away. So once again... Uh, there are no spoilers here. You're going to hear some kind of awkward cuts because this was recorded with spoilers in mind. So bear with us because there are some quick cuts, but rest assured there are no Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers in this episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today the Podventures get to assemble once more. She's an expert at distilling the insights and highlights of all the latest MCU projects and the fantastic host of There Was an Idea. We may owe her no apology for today's impossible task, but more importantly, we're delighted to welcome Tara back to the podcast. Welcome back, TK. Welcome. Hi, Trey and Jude. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. And this is such... We were just talking about it. This is such a fun challenge to have to choose five scenes from the MCU this year. It feels almost impossible, but just the the whole process of thinking through it again and revisiting some favorite scenes from the year was just so delightful. So I'm, I'm so excited to do this with you guys. Super excited. I'm so glad you could join. Yeah. Like I was saying, I was just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I... I've taken some inspirations from one of my favorite podcasts where they do like their top five favorite games of the year. And the thing that always makes it so exciting is that most places do top tens and to distill mm-hmm. it down to just five makes it that much harder. And I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. I'm, I'm wondering how much overlap we'll have as well as how diverse these may end up being as well. But More importantly, uh, for those who are unaware, you run the podcast, There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, If people are not familiar, uh, normally you cover the shows that happen to be running as as well as the movies. It's going to be a while before we have anything new in the MCU. So what's on the docket for There Was an Idea? Yeah, so when this episode of your show drops, my episode on... My 2021 MCU year in review episode will be out. And that was really fun. I didn't distill it to five scenes like we're doing here, but I did choose a few categories for some superlatives. So I had on uh, Ellie from Oh Shoot, who I know has been on your show before, as well as Sean from The Caption Life, who I know is uh, kind of in our circle of, of podcast friends. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to work with him yet. 
Um, but they came on and we talked about some superlatives for 2021, our rookie of the year, our MVP, best quote, best dressed, things like that. So that was a fun approach to thinking about the, you know, reflecting on the past year in the MCU as well. So look out for that. And I'm also going to be doing an episode this month on my top 20 favorite films of 2021 overall. So both MCU films and non-MCU films, which is a little bit of a departure for me, but I'm looking forward to branching out a little bit and uh, sharing some recommendations about things that I really enjoy that are not necessarily MCU. And I will also be doing a Hawkeye series retrospective and an Eternals deep dive analysis with friend Daniel coming up later in January as well. So some exciting things looking back a little bit uh, before then looking ahead to what the MCU will bring us in the rest of 2022. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you said yet for Sean because we he's in the works. <laughs> awesome. And you know, I want to say you you talked about this recent episode that just came out. There's been this funny timing that every time we've had you on, it happens to be the day you release an episode, and so I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. But I'm very look very much looking forward to it because, as evident in the drafts that we've done together with you, and in the way you just described your superlative uh, categories, I love the different and creative of ways you come up with those superlative names so very mm -hmm. lo much looking forward to that oh thank you thank you i'm looking forward to hearing your picks as well when you do listen to the episode because it was cool to see how they're just like you were saying before trade there were some you know particular characters or moments where the three of us myself myself sean and ellie we're all kind of of the same mind of, about certain standouts. And then there were some where we had vastly different responses. So it's always kind of cool to see what stands out for certain people and what patterns emerge kind of among all of us as viewers and fans uh, versus more of that personal taste element. So it's uh, it was super fun. And of course, if you are not already, you should definitely be subscribed to Tara's podcast. There was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on most podcast platforms, as well as following them on social media at an idea underscore podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. Very much worth the follow. But of course, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we are going to be discussing the best Marvel scenes of 2021. Now, the way we're going to do this is we're going to take some moments for some brief overall thoughts of the year with the MCU before jumping into the spoiler zone to discuss our personal top five scenes from those same entries. So starting with you, Tara, what did you think about 2021 overall? Oof. Well, when I sat down with Sean and Ellie, actually, I, I wasn't sure what to say about this. So I kind of closed it to them uh, first and <laughs> asking them about you know, what What are the qualities that stand out about the MCU in 2021? And there were a few things that emerged out of that discussion about uh, some trends that we're seeing in where the MCU is going, and uh, certainly in some of the standout installments that were released this year that I, I don't think people are going to forget about anytime soon, whether that be for breaking records in a really uh, positive way, like let's say Spider-Man No Way Home and shattering pandemic box office, box office records, uh, among others. Uh, and then you have on the other end of things, a film like Eternals making headlines for having the first ever rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes for an MCU film, you know, for whatever that's worth to anybody who that may be worth something to. But, you know, it was part of the discourse around that movie. So we, we have that. And for me, though, you know, what I'm always looking at is 
conceptually, in terms of the big ideas, in terms of the there was an idea about uh, what is 2021 saying? And for me, looking at the installments that we saw this year, I'm, I'm looking at this concept of legacy, this bridge storytelling of connecting the Infinity Saga and old favorite characters with the new, kind of leading us into whatever our next big destination is going to be, whether that is going to be a, uh, a new big bad villain along the lines of Thanos, whether that's going to be the multiverse uh, opening up further and what that's going to look like. I really see 2021 as this bridge. And I um, was really interested in seeing what this year had to say about our heroes' identity stories, because that's something mm -hmm. that I'm always really interested, interested in as well. And this was a big year for characters coming face to face with themselves, uh, certainly metaphorically, and uh, also sometimes literally in the case of, <laughs> of some of our heroes. So I thought that was a really cool, cool trend that emerged as well. Yes. I, I say, I like that you bring that up because it's man, like going all the way back to WandaVision through that's, it's, it seems like the big villains have been this conceptual idea or feeling or emotion um less than just a simple person and and that that's like you said forced these characters to take a really hard look in the mirror yeah and, and i like the way you have described it as a bridge from the infinity saga to where they want to go next um because if i you know jumping in here with what i felt about the year overall it really feels like an ambitious step forward for the MCU because I think the standout for the year is Disney Plus because that yeah. is the new arena in which they are working with. Like they've already got the movies down to a science and there's never been a, a doubt with that when it comes to what they're doing. But the strides that they have made with the entries of the TV show side of things, it, it, it's it's hard to say where exactly that's going to fit all together because I don't think we've quite seen an integration to the movies yet, although I have a feeling that's coming this year. But the first step of the Disney shows being as good as they've been th that year, um, it's it's felt incredibly ambitious and I'm excited for what they have coming. Yeah, thinking about Disney+, Plus, I think that is also going to be a, an unforgettable uh, distinguishing factor about 2021 in the MCU because that experience of being able to follow the installments in week-to-week -week releases generated so much conversation. And as we know, speculation and prediction and uh, a sense of community at a time when during the pandemic, I think that felt very resonant. Um, and I, I definitely think that that is always going to be part of the conversation when we look back on 2021 and when we evaluate the success of the Disney Plus side of the MCU, I think that, as you said, Trey, it's it's, it's bold, it's risky to um, change up the style of storytelling and then to try to interweave that style with what they've already done so well for so many years. And, you know, so far, in my opinion, I think it has been really effective. So one of the things that I'm, I'm curious about is, do you feel like, um, and I'll just say, right, I don't think it, it has for me, the COVID had kind of a negative impact on 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 the, on the viewing order and the, and the change or do you think that actually helped it i know for me 
because originally Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the mm-hmm. supposed to be the first Disney Plus show. And I think that would have been after Black Widow. Right. I think, and this is where my own bias is coming in, I think the fact that COVID did shake up the schedule and WandaVision was the first thing to come out of Marvel Studios, not just on Disney Plus, but just overall from the movies or the TV shows, I think has cemented such a solid re-entry after having such a long hiatus because of the unfortunate delays with, with COVID that I don't know if that would have been as big of a, a shockwave across the the internet whenever WandaVision started, if it would have been Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because WandaVision captured everybody. Like, even people who weren't into the MCU, everybody was talking about that show. Um, so I, I think... I think, yeah, that the the rescheduling of the release has um, made a huge difference with the original plan. I can't imagine WandaVision not having been the first Disney Plus show. I, I think in terms of the reception of Black Widow, I, I think, and y- y'all know how kind of protective mm-hmm. I am over that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you? Um, so I, I think that it it certainly suffered not only from the many delays, and the fact that as many people, many people understandably believe that the character should have had her own standalone film much earlier. And I agree with that as well. I don't think it harms this film in the same way that others do. But in addition to the delays, I do think the shift in Black Widow's placement, I it, I think it suffered for it a little bit. I think the impact of it, the reception of it suffered a little bit. I think also the simultaneous theatrical and Disney Plus release, it, it suffered from. Um, so that is something that looking back on it, I, I, I kind of wish went a little bit differently for that movie, but I 100% agree with everything that Trey says in terms of the Disney plus side of things. Like it, I cannot imagine it being anything other than WandaVision because it was just so perfect that Wanda, that WandaVision was that love letter to TV and really played with the serialized format so well. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you on, on both the counts, the WandaVision and the Black Widow. You know, it was just such a fantastic way uh, to kick it off. Now, I know Trey would, would um, you know, he held back a little bit. I think he wanted What If to be first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just get yeah. it out of the, just get it out of the way. And <laughs> Yeah, you know, it would have been like a nice little 24 to 28 minute morsel of MCU to start out <laughs> after having nothing for so long. It would have been a great way to ease into it. <laughs> well... With that being said, uh, I think that's a good overview of how we thought about the MCU in 2021, and I think it's time to jump into the spoiler zone so we can talk about our top five scenes of 2021. So like we said, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. So with that being said, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. We have five TV shows, four movies, a total of nine projects. We have to pick the five best scenes from these entries. And Tara, (laughs) again. (laughs) See, you just made it worse. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's part of my job. I got to hype this Uh, up a bit. I'm going to call a lifeline. (laughs) (laughs) Tara, I am so sorry. But to throw to you first, what is your number five top scene in 2021? 
All right. So I mentioned before we started recording that coming into this discussion tonight, I had six on my final list. And so I am going to cut number six for now. And I'll, I'll mention it in a little bit as an honorable mention. It was really tough. And even just thinking about choosing scenes for me, I, and I was texting you guys about this earlier today. I was like, oh, do I go with the thinking part of my brain or do I go with like my feelings, right? Am I going with the scenes that upon reflection, upon rewatch, feel like they say something that connects to these overarching themes of 2021 in the MCU? Or do I go with things that just really in the moment felt really uh, strong, right? Like, um, I was talking with Sean the other night for, for my episode and he was choosing, uh, we did our top favorite scene on that episode. So I, I've had to choose one already um, <laughs> and stick to that one. But one of the things that he was talking about in, in choosing his scene was that he was going with like the visceral reaction he had in the moment. So I try to land with some combination of both thinking and feeling here. And that is all to say that I'm, I'm providing far too much context for just getting into it. But my number five scene is going to be from Hawkeye season one, episode three, Clint's phone call with his son, Nate. That is an incredible choice. That is a really, really good choice. So I chose this scene because it really made me feel for a character who I previously didn't have a deep connection with. And a character, Clint, who has been in the MCU for so long. And I've enjoyed some of his scenes. I've poked fun at him in other places, but I didn't have that connection with him. And here we have this scene in 2021 where I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, I thought it was beautifully acted by Jeremy Renner. So much of this year has been about recontextualizing what came before for me. I think a lot of the installments this year have really done a great job, especially the Disney Plus series, of filling in some gaps for us in really being able to zoom into certain characters and understand them better. And with, uh, so think about a show like WandaVision, for example, after seeing that you go back to, or I go back to a film like Age of Ultron and it feels better, like it, it recontextualizes it and there's more that I appreciate from it. So with Clint here, this really operated in that way. And not only that, um, so I felt like it, for me emotionally, it did something to me as a fan that I wasn't necessarily expecting in making me connect with him. Um, but it also was really important for the narrative of the Hawkeye show because it's kind of this scene I, I think is a bit of the same piece as the car chase scene, which I almost chose in the same episode, the car chase scene, because in that scene, you see Clint kind of teaching Kate without teaching Kate. It's it's her learning from him, the trick arrows on the fly in the middle of the action. And that's all of the cool stuff about being a hero. That's the rush, that's the exhilaration. The scene where she's watching him on the phone with his son and helping out because he can't hear anything, that's the scene in which she learns about what you can lose. Uh, that's the scene in which he's demonstrating to her indirectly the other side of what's involved in being a hero, the risks and the sacrifices. And she hasn't learned it yet, but it's set up here to unfold for the rest of the season. So it's just wonderfully acted on both of their parts. And I, um, yeah, I had to have it on my list because it, it just, it really spoke to me. No, it's a fantastic scene. That was, uh, man, that should have been on my list. Um, <laughs> that, that was hard because, because it is, there's so much stuff to leave off because it was heartbreaking for me uh to watch to watch that uh you know i i'm a dad 
you know, I have kids. And so like, I, I really related to that. Uh, but also my parents divorced when I was really little and not the deaf part, but like, I remember being the little kid on the other end of that phone call. Uh, and so like, so yeah, like that, that scene was really, really meaningful to me. But yeah. It's, it was a fantastic pick. 100% a great pick. And definitely, I, I'll reveal too, definitely one of the ones that didn't make my top five that just made me so sad that I couldn't find a place for it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I like the way you talked about how this was a character that wasn't something wasn't something that resonated with you before this. And I mean, that's what stories are, right? It, they're about change. And sometimes that's within the character narrative or I think within the perception of the external audience. And so watching the audience at large go from being unmoved by Hawkeye to now referring to him as Clint Barton more yeah. widely, that is speaks through the power of that scene. Mm -hmm. so, great pick. Can I just add one more thing to you? I, I feel like I've already talked about the scenes too much. Go for uh, it. <laughs> about that one scene too much. But I love that this is his son, Nate, as well, right? And and we have seen the relationship with his daughter, which is also really powerful, and he has his other son. But it, maybe this is Black Widow Stan and me coming out a little bit too much. But it, this is Nate, right? Like, Nate is named for Natasha, and Nate is his youngest. And there's so much of the weight that he's carrying from Natasha, the, the loss of Natasha, and I just feel like that it, it made it just that little extra bit more emotional to me that it's specifically him who's on the phone. And how well that worked out, right? Like, I, who knows? Maybe they were playing that way out back at Age of Ultron because there was that scene, how's little Natasha, and she's pregnant, and she says it's Nathaniel, and to be able to call back to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. All right, Jude. What about you? What is your number five top scene? Man, I'll be honest, listening to Tara's qualifications and thought process, <laughs> I made a quick rearrangement. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait. Oh, hey, no. uh, um, number five, and I feel like like I'm going to be the Anita Redemption episode. Um because thinking about the draft the first time and the movies I ended up with, although I was still happy with what I had, um, you know, but <laughs> my number five actually. But moving along, we're now circling back to you, Tara. What is your number four scene? Okay, so at the number four spot, I have a scene from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is the scene during which Shang-Chi and Katie are on the bus in San Francisco. And it's the first big action scene in the film. Well, the first action scene, excuse me, the first action scene with Shang-Chi, obviously there's the uh, the prologue to the movie with his father, Wenwu. But I chose this moment because it, it, it was tough. I really, really love the sequence of scenes in Macau, um, in, in Shang-Chi as well. But I chose this one because this is our moment of introduction to a new hero. Seeing the way that he fights, the way he uses his clothes and the props around him in that sort of Jackie, Jackie Chan style. Um, seeing what it is that causes him to spring into action in this moment, which is his concern for his friend Katie. And we talked about this, Trey, when you and I did the deep dive episode on Shang-Chi the way that that film uses the action sequences to express 
or demonstrate something about the characters is really, really well done. So this is also the scene in which we see the pendant on, on his chest, which is this significant object for him, representing his connection to his mom. And this is before we've really learned about his full story and his past. And there's that moment in which Katie just looks at him after he's been able to beat off these guys and she's just like holy shit who are you and that's the question of, of the movie right that's the question of the scene <laughs> um so i think it, it's just to me it's like such a well done example of what the mcu is all about and what the mcu does so well this combination of incredible action just like you can't take your eyes off of it. I mean, thinking about that visceral, visceral reaction criteria here, like the first time I saw this in the theater, I was like, oh my God, just like watching the scene as the bus is traveling along and they're moving from the front toward the back of the bus and the music is incredible. And um, it's just that comedy. There's humor in the scene with the guy, what's his name? Cliff, the YouTube guy. And, um, and there's, it, it's just fantastic to me. It's like prime what the MCU can do and watching the behind the scenes of it in the assembled documentary was pretty awesome as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, the moment you said Shang-Chi, I had the biggest smile on my face. Um, <laughs> it, it's an amazing pick. And just to like add in that space, like the, cause we, like you said, we talked about it a lot here on this show and on your show that we did together. And I can't stop thinking about the, the way one of my favorite podcasters, Jeff Kanata, talked about it on the film cast, which I think is the the summation of, of everything that I tried to convey about that scene. So often, superhero stories are about the person learning who they are. Shang-Chi knows who he is, and he's mm. been running for it. Mm -hmm. And the way that mm -hmm. this demonstrates who he is to everyone else except him who already knows is beautiful. So I 100% love point. your pick. Mm -hmm. So good. I want to watch it right now. Yeah, I was gonna say I think <laughs> Shang Chi is to Trey what Black Widow is to to Tara here. <laughs> I think I think that's a good analogy. One hundred percent. All right, dude. Uh, what about you? What is your number four pick? All right, let's see. Let's put all my the rest of the remaining selection to the random generator here. Um, number four is. I have it titled Yelena and Kate Bishop meet cute um, <laughs> or where they meet at the apartment. Th this is one of those scenes that I've probably watched more than any other. Well, I probably let's put it. How about it this way? If you counted and like back to back the number of times and just there might've been the length of an episode or more. Like I just, I keep going back to the scene and going back to the scene. Um, and I don't know. At first, I wasn't sure what uh, struck me so much about this scene, and you know, outside the chemistry, it was a, a phenomenal. But it, it came to me that seeing that this is what the future of the MCU is going to be, you know, and there was this—I don't know for everybody, if it's among the fan, like, but for me, for sure, with the end of Endgame and this kind of oh, where are they going to go now? Don't have. Robert Downey Jr. anymore. You don't have um, Scarlett Johansson anymore. W you know who are these new characters going to be? What's it going to be like? And and to see these two brand new characters interact um, and have such chemistry, it just it just made me so excited for what the future is going to be. 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's why this is in uh, my top five. Love that pick. And I got to be honest, I've been trying to guess what I think is going to be everybody's favorite scene, their number one. And I legitimately thought that was going to be number one just because of how much that I, because I knew, because we would talk about it as we were getting ready for our podcast, how much you had that on repeat. So uh, <laughs> very happy to see it make your list. And I, and for all the reasons listed, I think, uh, I think it's a great pick. Yeah. I'm so glad that you spoke about it because I don't have it on my list and I, I, I don't know why I just needed to make room for other things because I think it's clear how much I, I love Yelena and Kate and Hawkeye and Black Widow and the whole thing. So everything you said, Jude, I completely agree with. It was such a dynamic scene to watch the two of them interact. And the um, in the finale as well, the elevator scene is also absolutely incredible. But just to echo what you're saying, that first time that they're on screen together, the, the mac and cheese scene is just, <laughs> I think yes. we will absolutely look back at that as the moment that something very, very magical began. Yeah, just that whole this yummy macaroni. I know what macaroni <laughs> tastes like. It's delicious. <laughs> no, not not macaroni. I know what boxed mac and cheese tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, I would even. Oh yeah, right when the door opened, you right. To, yeah, you wouldn't have time to know. Like, just, uh, like, see what I mean? Like, I I got it down. I even interrupt myself. Like, <laughs> what? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, next time your friend Yelena. Besides to like <laughs> hang out, um, you know, let's just let them know we said hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, listeners will have to tune into. We'll have to check out my Hawkeye episode six uh, podcast episode to know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> your spe special guest. <laughs> I gotta say that that's a huge get as a podcast guest. <laughs> I don't want your listeners to actually think I had you on the show. But <laughs> Wait, you didn't? <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't say Florence Pugh. I say Yelena as if she's a real person. <laughs> she's real to me. <laughs> I know. I to say. <laughs> oh, man. Who's this Florence Pugh you speak of? <laughs> oh, man. So good. Uh, Trey, right? You're on four? I'm, here comes number four. Okay, here it comes. And I'm bracing myself because I, again, I apologized already earlier, Tara, for any fights we may have uh, with me and Jude. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Thor episode. <laughs> <laughs> number four. This is actually one of the harder ones, even though it's at number four, because the episode that I pulled this from, there were so many different scenes that were pulling f for my attention for this spot. But there was something about this scene in episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Truth, where mm -hmm. it's around the 30 minute and 36 second mark where they start the boat fixing montage. Uh, if you listen to our coverage, I think I frequently would pretty much yell out, I love the boat because I love <laughs> <Yes>. so much <laughs> yes. of what they were doing narratively about that boat. And... You know, I, I, to, to preface what I meant by the fight, you know, Jude and I have gone back and forth about the truck in the finale of the episode. <laughs> for me and what I'm looking for in the character of Captain America, I think this scene is the standout moment of that season because it embodies so much of what I am looking for in the Captain America character. It's, 
you know, even even back in the Steve Rogers days, the thing that I always would say is that Captain America is not the smartest, fastest or strongest. He is that inspiration and hope and that resilience to to keep doing the right thing. And the way at the, this 30 minute mark, the way it leads into it is Sam is inspiring the people of this town that knew his family to all come in to help fix the boat. And they're all contributing in different ways. And that sense of community that inspires is brings me to tears like that's especially with the last few years we have had, you know, that is such a beautiful scene to me. And it continues to build because the person that they introduce in that scene as well is Bucky, who at this point in the season, him and Sam are at odds. And they use the fixing the boat as a way to fix their relationship and to step even further the the way the scene ends is Sam and Bucky have a conversation about what they're going to do about Carly because up until this point everybody has been adamant about the only way to stop her is to kill her and you see Sam really wrestling with that's not how he wants to do it and I think to juxtapose what Sam's wrestling with what he's doing with the community and what we know he ultimately does in wanting to go, not necessarily a pacifist, but trying to neutralize the the disagreements in a more peaceful manner. I think everything about that scene makes Sam Captain America to me. And I absolutely love it. A couple of things. Quickly, you said the phrase, I love the boat. And it made me think of a, a quote that Clint has about boats in the comic run, the Hawkeye, my life is a weapon. So you definitely need to read that for many reasons because it's fantastic, but there's a really great little line there about, about boats that I think you'll enjoy, enjoy Trey, since that's a, an ongoing bit for you here on your show. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. I did buy the, the collection. So I'm still awesome. reading that on my iPad. Great. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. And also, thank you so much for everything you said about that scene. I don't have it on my list. And I, when thinking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and thinking about if there was going to be a scene that I was going to choose to make the top five, and there, there certainly are scenes from the show that make my top eight, nine, ten. Uh-huh. Um, but mm-hmm. it would be, it would be that episode. And I didn't kind of think to narrow it down any further than from that episode because it didn't make the top five for me. But I love that episode so much. And I did recently rewatch it. And that boat scene is is wonderful. So yeah. I think everything yeah. you said, speaking about who Captain America really is, is uh, really shines through there. Oh, yeah. It was that that boat was the grounding tie, right? To to family. Um, Falcon's, you know, uh, family, his past that he was running from. Uh, fixing that, you know, fixing his issues moving forward. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Trey was going to go with that quick moment of Winter Soldier holding the the cake and doing the little sidestep from the kid on the dock. <laughs> That's on um, the memeable, the memeable. Uh, 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 you know, and and as we tend to do here and rewrite things, if we if that in fight would have been at the dock and it would have been a boat instead of a truck. <laughs> there it, it is. Would, it, it would have knocked it out of the park for Trey. <laughs> You can't, you, if this was video, you would see, I'm just hunched over waiting for where it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's my number four. Nice. It was a good pick. All right. We're coming back to you. Tara, what is your number three pick? 
Okay, so my number three moment. It's so hard to put that moment at number three. But. <laughs> I know, you got two more better than that one. Wow. Yeah. You, I, I got to say, I'm amazed that none of us have had an overlap so far. And that's, yeah. I'm so excited. Well, so. that's the beauty of having like a list of 15. And I can listen and no. <laughs> and be like, dang it. All right, Jude, you're up next. What's your number three? Number three for me comes from Loki. And again, it's just one of those scenes that just really stuck with me, you know? And I mean, you listen to the pod, you know, that Loki is as it was coming out and watching it. I went back and forth on it and it Loki, the, the series is probably my, not probably it's my, it's, I, it's my third favorite of the, the Disney plus shows um, with, with Hawkeye and Wanda vision above that. But the scene and the time prison with Lady Sif was just super moving and powerful for me. Um, just this whole idea of, well, and I talk about this a little bit with my seniors, just this whole idea of solitude and, and the importance of being comfortable sometimes alone by yourself and, and being aware of those times when you get moments of solitude and you can't. Um, and you look for something to fill it, you know, and what, and why, why are we looking to fill it? Right? Why can't we just be still and, and, and content with just us? Um, and now I know that's why Loki is a time prison. Loki's not there, but just like, just this representation of, of these things you do and how they weigh us down and to, to see him being faced with that and faced with that and faced with that and to the point where he, he has to, to finally wrestle with it and comes to terms of like, yeah, I did that. I'm that person. Uh, and I shouldn't know, you know, and that, so I, I just loved that th the way they were able to creatively within that world, um, have him face his own, his own, uh, demons and temperament. I really, really like that pick. Um, it, that's a moment that definitely stood out to me as well. Um, and, 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 to walk through this, like the music in Loki was always good from the beginning, but it is in that scene that it really hit me how expertly they were using the, the music because that end of this, that scene when Sif, I, I can't remember the exact words, but she says something like, you will always be alone. And it just, the camera stays on Loki's face with that realization, even after he has come to terms with who he is. And the music is just underscoring that moment. Um, and I'm great pick. I'm I'm so glad mm -hmm. that you have that on your list. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up that line. You always be alone because it is that that you know that difference of like uh, solitude is not loneliness. You know, mm -hmm. um, and and solid. You know, solitude is and not like solitary confinement. Like no, like solitude. Like I, you know, um, I'm in the car. You know, I I think of it personally. Like if I'm in the car and I notice. Um, you know, if a podcast's not playing or something's not going, am I, can I just be with myself and be okay? Or am I like trying to fill the time and the space and, and, um, and if, and if that's the case, what's wrong with me? Um, not wrong with me is like I have a problem, but like what internally is, is bothering me. So, so I'm really glad you brought up that line there. Um, cause it's, it's not the same thing. And, and when you've in, when you can't even be comfortable with yourself, 
you know, that's, that's an extreme kind of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying about this scene. So to kind of echo what Trey was saying before, I, I think that hearing you talk about this from this perspective, dude, gives me more of an appreciation for that scene from Loki, which I hadn't, uh, I hadn't really been thinking about. So man, this is great. This is a great conversation to revisit some of these moments and, and see what resonates for, for different people. Oh yeah. 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 I wasn't, uh, I wasn't expecting to be hit with those feels, Jude. I like the way that you would frame that. that <laughs> that's got me rethinking a lot about that scene now. Yeah. Well, you know, I had just said, I'm so happy we have not had any overlap. So whenever you said your third pick came from Loki, I kind of tensed up for a second because my third pick is also from Loki, but it is in a different scene. When she sings, she sings, come home. When she sings, she sings, come home. That one. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my scene comes from episode six for all time always. And it's around the 19 minutes and 34 second mark. And I'm I'm willing to catch some flack on this one because this feels like cheating since this is essentially Kang's monologue. And I think it goes on for close to like eight minutes. So this is a whole <laughs> lot of bang for one pick of a, of a scene. But the thing that I think is so special about this is... So much of what Loki was examining the series, what Loki was examining is futility. Like what are, what does choice matter if if nothing matters? And and so much of that sentiment is what they were playing with. So to have this moment where we see our two central characters meet with this almost embodiment of futility and have him explain through his reasonings of why he, he he came to be, you know, and, and the way that it was being demonstrated with those little clay figures that he was controlling and the way that he would effortlessly flip between being electric to being bored to being tired. Jonathan Majors is just putting on one of the best performances in the 2021 season of M- the MCU. And it's perfect like i just i was captivated from start to finish of that scene and i even talked about it when we had our episode review of that specific scene where i said it felt like the mcu babe ruthing and pointing to where they're gonna go for the next 10 years and so i i just love it and i mean how could i not pick a scene that has the line you came to kill the devil right well guess what I keep you safe. If you think mm-hmm. I'm evil, just wait till you meet my variants. And every time I have that line in my head, it gives me shivers. Mm-hmm. Such a good pick. And I'm thinking about what Jude was saying earlier about the Kate and Yelena scene, you know, and, and having that feeling of like, oh man, we're in for something great with the future of the MCU. I, I feel that way about them. And I also feel that way about Jonathan Majors uh, because of everything you just said, Trey. I'm yeah. so excited. What? I'm not going to get sidetracked right here. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Stop myself. Stop myself. No, I'm not. So, like, the kingpin, like, that's this is what I mean of, like, like what you just said. Like, you got so much with so little, and we're not going to see him until 2023. And it's just that anticipation and that waiting, and, and that's, uh, they had kingpin to do too much, but okay. Okay. <laughs> So number two for you is Kingpin, right? Uh, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not going to comment on that just yet since I have two scenes left to go. It might not be number two. 
It could be number one. You'll find out. Well, in anticipation of finding out, we can go ahead and move (laughs) on to Tara. We are at number two. Okay, so (laughs) this this was the uh, the hardest choice for me because I I want to say the movie Black Widow. (laughs) 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 I knew I knew that was going to happen. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I I thought very hard about it. So I also, I I don't know if I've said this on social media. I did say this on my 2021 year in review episode. If I am considering all factors and ranking the films of the MCU in 2021, I do like squeeze Black Widow out of the top spot and put Spider-Man No Way Home there because that's in taking into consideration some criteria like the the nostalgia and the culmination and the event of it all, which is why Spider-Man kind of gets that top spot for me. But when it came to the moments here, I Black Widow felt like it had to be higher because I have rewatched Black Widow so many times and these moments, I, I just feel so close to so many of the moments. And I... I actually kind of revisited my my first impressions episode that I did for the podcast when Black Widow first came out to see if I could get um get some sense of what my past self what really resonated with <laughs> that that my past self in terms of choosing one moment here and all I talk about in that first impressions episode is like yes like how much as it was unfolding it felt really special to me and um yeah I I almost went with the credit scene for the way that it set the tone for the film and, and and really suggested, wow, we're getting into some territory here of really acknowledging just how traumatic and, and terrible Natasha's past really was and just how much that makes her survival and, and her strength all the more powerful. But uh, I apologize for talking about scenes that aren't actually my scene. I, I know it's, it's I'm uh, no, wasting go ahead. time, it's, but- <laughs> It's all contextual. <laughs> I realize I I say we we realize how painful it is. Um, like I was surprised that you were going to pick any individual scene because of the pain of having to cut up the film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and if I could just like interject here, because on that topic of like how we have watched your love of this film developed, whenever we did the second draft episode, I had went back and listened to that first one just in preparation. And one of the funniest things to me is at the end or the beginning, I can't remember, we were talking about Black Widow and we were all discussing about like what our, our plans were to go watch it. And I think you had just gotten the AMC pass and you were like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to go see it maybe once. And we asked like, oh, you're going to get it on Disney Plus too? And you're like, ah, probably not. <laughs> and that was before you had seen it. And just to get that glimpse of where you were at to where yeah. you have come has been fantastic. Yeah. Isn't it, it, isn't it fun sometimes to revisit older episodes of the podcast and really see, see how much uh, change and growth happens? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> So I I guess, you know, despite all that, the moment that I did land on is quite quite a long scene. I think I went a little bit more with the sequence as opposed to a scene. But Natasha and Yelena, they are at the gas station and there are this, this scene or sequence of scenes encompasses the humor of the pose that you do, your fighting pose. <laughs> it encompasses the pain and the insecurity that these two characters have when Yelena says to her, 
oh, you know, if someone attacks an Avenger, one of the big ones will come to avenge you. And, and she's like, oh, who are the big ones? Um, when, and so, you know, Natasha's insecurity there. Uh, Yelena's insecurity, the face that she makes when Natasha says, you weren't really my sister. And then she bites back. The Avengers aren't really your family. Right? This tension between the two of them. The incredible, incredible line when Natasha says, all the time I spent posing, I was trying to do something good, make up for the pain and suffering we caused, trying to be more than a trained killer. And when Yelena says, I'm not the killer that little girls call their hero, they're, they're learning so much about each other here. So much of these two characters, who these two people are, is being revealed to us. And why I chose this is because this is our last real installment of Natasha Romanoff in the MCU. And I I love how much her presence is felt in the Hawkeye show. I love how much her presence is felt in 2021 um, because, because I do miss her. And I, and I don't think that Endgame necessarily um, took, took the time to really acknowledge what her loss meant as much. Um, but now we have this new character in the MCU, Yelena, as you guys have already talked about, who is setting up so much for the future. So in this scene, we're both saying goodbye to Natasha and we're reflecting on who she's been and we're also greeting Yelena and we're learning about her and we're seeing where she's going to go. And and that gas station scene then kind of leads into when they're outside drinking a beer and they have more of that conversation, learning more about each other and... Um, some tenderness when Natasha helps Yelena like with her wound. So just like there's so much healing, there's so much related to the ideas of identity and family and choice here. And of course, then that leads into they're in the car and the vest moment. So <laughs> again, it's what the MCU does so well of combining that humor and that heart. And um, yeah, I that's that's kind of like three scenes in one. But uh, Natasha and Yelena and they're they're learning each other in Black Widow has got to be on my list. I love that. I, I love the way you could walk through that. Uh, much like with, you know, with Jude and and trying to guess what I thought was going to be his number one and what was going to be yours. Yeah. I was under the impression that number one would be something Black Widow related. And, and this isn't a knock on the movie, but just there's so many great moments that I couldn't figure out what is the moment that encapsulates it or defines it as a, a, a scene pick. And you found it, like of course, even the, the Black Widow scholar. Uh, I I loved your your description of it. Thank you. It was tough because it's such a good such a good movie. I love that. You're gonna have to change add that to your bio. Black Widow. Black Widow. Black Widow. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's a Widow? Um, Black Widow. What's a Widow with you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Black Widow Scholar. <laughs> Black Widow Scholar. I like it. I'm going to put that on my email uh, signature. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> and I'm talking about your work one. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Not the podcast one. The work one only. <laughs> All right, Jude. Number two. Oh, man. The Hawaiian shirt. No. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Number two, God, this was difficult. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, I, I jokingly, at first, I jokingly said, you know, or, or this whole listening to Tara and rearranging it. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually did. This one jumped up to number two, listening uh, to you. And my number two comes from the Eternals. Uh, it's the Fostos kiss and the Eternals, and. 
the, it was, I mean, there's more to that scene, but, but, uh, taking my oldest to the theater and when that happened on screen, like they, <gasps> oh, my heart is jumping like that. Like that's the quote. Um, wow. and so it was just, it was so cool. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that Jude, because I think that moment of representation and that moment of, uh, seeing one of our heroes up on the screen, you know, having the type of relationship that is not always depicted in these stories and have it be something that felt so kind of natural in that moment was really, really powerful to see, I think, for so many audiences. And it, thank you for sharing that because that's, um, it's especially powerful knowing that for young people seeing this, it's something that speaks to them. Even outside of what makes that scene special, just hearing the story about what what your you know your child's reaction to it was fantastic, and to speak about the scene itself, you know, I remember one of the things I talked about Eternals is that this is a movie that is as interested in these heroes and what they can do as it is interested in how they feel. And I can't also help but remember one of the the articles. I never found the source for it, but I remember reading somewhere that one of the things that they were talking about with writing these stories is that it's not enough to see them go out and save the day. You need to see them go home and what they're like in that home life. And getting to see that moments of Fastos and who he was as, with his family and up until that kiss, like... That's special. That's not something mm -hmm. you get to see often mm -hmm. in these superhero movies. And mm -hmm. I am so glad that you have picked that on your list. Yeah. I love that you said child too, because they're, they're 13 counting down to 14. And I'm trying to, to slow that down as much as possible. <laughs> I, I always get super concerned with privacy reasons on how to refer. <laughs> and I almost said offspring. <laughs> Look, for the Your longest progeny, time. Jude. Hey, I was going to say, for the longest time, Amity and I would just say progeny one, two, or three. Rather than because the name's messed up, we would just say, hey, progeny two, come here. I need you to clean the fridge. Like, I'm not kidding. That's what they'd answer to. <laughs> I started calling my niece and nephew thing one and thing two. <laughs> nice. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. So we're at Trey's number two, right? Yes, I just went. We're at Trey's number two. My number two pick. This is another one of the hardest ones because per entry, I, I don't think I talked about this. Part of my method when it came to making this list is I sat down and I tried to write the most impactful scenes I had by memory. So I, I wrote down WandaVision, Falcon of the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Loki, and I just went through the release order. And in each category, I wrote down the list that I remember just really standing out to me. And WandaVisions, I think, had the most, uh, most moments per category. And the moment I ended up going with for my number two pick is in episode eight, called previously on around the 11 minutes and 46 seconds mark the revelation of why the sitcoms were so important to wanda and that glimpse into her family life and the tragedy of what that was like and how it changed her life when that bomb exploded everything she knew that i called it a magic trick whenever we discussed it because i 
generally don't like whenever they retrofit an idea to a character that expressed none of that in pri- in previous storylines. And there was this lingering question throughout of all of WandaVision for me of why is this taking the form of these sitcoms? And as the season progressed, we kind of got to this idea like, okay, maybe this is something she had as a, a home life, but I just couldn't see how they would make that feel real and sentimental. And I was just almost on the floor, just smacked with how much that scene moved me because you got that glimpse of how happy it made her. And it made me forget the tragedy that was about to come because we knew her past life from Age of Ultron and and what she had gone through that in that moment, I was with them excited watching those shows. And when that bomb lands and reality snaps back into place, I was in tears. And I think that moment will easily be one of the standout moments for all of the 2021 entries because of the magic trick they were able to pull off and the effectiveness at which it just works as a scene. Yeah, you're right. That was the one thing I remember the most of that scene is just how much that you knew it was coming and it and they still were able to pull you out of that and get you immersed in that and and in the uh in the family. Yeah. I think you know, Tara, you joked about wanting to put all of Black Widow as your <laughs> pick. There's multiple entries that I wanted to do that. Just adding episode eight of WandaVision, I yeah. think, is what I wanted to put for number two. Yeah, well, that's actually a good, a good transition because it's my number one next, right? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's a very it's a very good transition because I similarly, we, we had a very similar approach because I too, when you first presented us with this task, I wrote down the installments in release order, jotted down, okay, what are the things that stood out to me most? And I also had the longest list for... WandaVision and Black Widow, but <laughs> um, but for WandaVision and I, episode eight, well, when we actually, the three of us, we did a WandaVision wrap up episode for my show mm-hmm. and we talked about our top, I think we did three favorite moments from the series. And I think I kind of made that joke and said, ah, episode eight is my number one moment. Um, and I... At the time, I chose as my number one moment the same moment that I'm choosing for my number one moment overall. And that is after Black Widow, after Spider-Man, like this has remained for me my my top moment of the year. I think partially just because I am also thinking about the power of WandaVision and just how special it felt in those early weeks of 2021. And I... You know, if I if I had to choose my number one favorite installment of the year, um, all factors considered, it would be WandaVision. And wow. I wow. yeah, I know it sounds a little bit like a surprise there, but it it's just so I, I have this personal connection to it, and I think it just it just did so much for for the MCU and it, it just feels like such a singular moment in time, and it's so incredibly rewatchable. And the number one scene for me from episode eight. It, it's so close to being the one that you chose, Trey. But for me, it's the scene when uh, she goes into the memory with with Agatha of her and Vision at Avengers Compound. This is sometime after the death of Pietro, so sometime between Age of Ultron and Civil War. And it's this moment of connection and tenderness between the two of them, which was so important to see 
in this show, which, you know, the entire conceit of the WandaVision show was based around just how much love she had for him and, and this extreme grief that came from the loss of, of that love. And here we see, again, kind of in this magical way, as you said, that they were able to pull off um, some filling in the gaps of establishing for us these moments of connection that the two of them would have had earlier on. And it's also based around this moment in which they're watching a sitcom, they're watching Malcolm in the Middle, and Vision can't understand why it's funny that the character is getting injured, and how do we know that he's not really hurt? And she just says, it's not that kind of show. And I, it, it's just such a good line that speaks so much to who she is and how she relates to these sitcoms and how that manifested itself out of her in her grief. Uh, it speaks to his character and how he's learning how to be human when he says, you know, I've never had a loved one to lose, so I don't really know what this is like. And it's a moment that, you know, again, thinking about first watch, it really, really got me. This That whole episode did. Uh, there were a lot of moments of tears in that episode, but especially this, just the the way the two of them relate to each other. And when he says the line, what is grief if not love persevering? You know, listen, it's become a little bit memeable now. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the what is blank if not blank persevering is a really great meme template. Um, but in the moment, uh, you know, before any of that internet reaction, it just felt so sincere and, and so beautiful, a very beautiful vision, vision quote. So, and then they have a laugh at the end of it, right? Like he's laughing at something on the TV and, and she's loosens up a little bit and says, yeah, it was funny. And, and this tender, this tenderness between the two of them. I, I love it. Uh, to me, it really encapsulates so much of what WandaVision was all about. And WandaVision encapsulates so much of what I loved about 2021 in the MCU. Yeah. I had a feeling there might be some overlap here with our picks because I remember that moment in the wrap up episode. We were, we were both very high on this episode and, and the, I wanted the, I wanted to pick this scene, but I just kept coming back to the, the one that I had uh, landed on, but you highlight what's so special about it. And I, I think the thing that to me that stood out is that you have two characters who are both, feeling nothing from different perspectives. Obviously, with Wanda and the trauma that she's going through, there is this feeling of loss and not knowing how to express those emotions. And you have Vision, who is literally just been born and doesn't know how to express yeah. those emotions because he's learning and through each other, they learn and that is mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. well said. It's, it's interesting that it, it we mentioned Vision gets all the best lines. <laughs> and like you said, that line is just such a powerful line and even the meme for some reason uh for me like the memes of that it just hasn't i don't say it hasn't said well it just it just i don't i i'm a person that likes gifts and i will have a complete conversation in gifts on text if you let me <laughs> um and but just but just that one there i don't know it just feel it just feels different and it is gifts, by the way. <laughs> I didn't. I, I just want to be clear. I don't want to yeah. think there was any confusion. No, no, I would never doubt it. Amazing. Before we start another horse that we continue to beat all year, Jude, what is your number one pick? So there was this really cool moment. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not going to do that. It's 2022. Oh, no. I said I'm leaving the truck behind. Um, <laughs> and said it in our very first episode. <laughs> uh, I, I only said I'm leaving it behind. This is all I brought it up to say. 
I thought Tara and I were about to overlap. Uh, my first mm. in scene was the opening sequence to Black Widow through the credits. Like, opening scene all the way through the credits. Nice. Um, yes. That, it, it for a couple of things. And it just, I remember watching it and just thinking about how different it was than anything else. I, or at least to me, it felt so different than anything else I'd seen in the MCU, uh, that that segment. Um, and how intense the opening credits was like, I, I was in tears. I would like, I didn't even get past that and my eyes were watering and I was tearing up. Um, and then the thinking about like, well, it, it, cause it's interesting of, of what that was supposed to be film wise and before COVID, like in terms of release order, you know, and so to have that be kind of the first thing and be, and, to, and imagine what it was like to, to completely kick off the next set of MCU stuff with that scene and really kind of make a statement of, okay, you know, we had our fun and now let's, let's kind of dig in. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, that's, uh, and honestly, I think that's probably why, cause I know, and I've, I've got a little bit of, uh, pushback jokingly. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it that I take it that way. Just, but I had black widow as the best movie. Um, of 2021 over No Way Home. And then a big part is I felt like it, just kind of what I was saying right there, the sense of it's, it's, it, yeah, part of Black Widow, we got MCU, but it, it just had such a feeling of, you know, this isn't the MCU you're used to. Um, it was female led. Uh, we got Yelena. Um, you know, we got, um red guardian we got like all of this stuff that's wrapped up into it uh i liked the taskmaster reveal you know um it's, it's just all of that and so yeah it's i know i'm drifted off into why i thought that was the the better movie um but yeah that opening sequence uh that has to be the best for me I'm so glad you chose it to talk about it because I, you know, I, I touched a little bit on how the credits were almost my pick before. The opening sequence could have also been my pick. Um, there, there, I absolutely agree with you that there's something so uneasy about that opening scene. There's something so beautiful about it, the tension. And then when they're in the car and listening mm -hmm. to American Pie, I, I could go on and on about it. I think ultimately for me, I, in, in picking the scene that I picked to put it on my list, I felt like I wanted to pick something that had Scarlett and Florence Pugh in it. Um, but if I took that criteria out, I mean, this is just so incredible at setting the tone for that movie. And one of the best opening sequences of, of any of these Marvel films, in my opinion. So good. I think it, I agree with you. I think it's a really underrated film and i think as a contained standalone film i think it's very very successful and um you know the spider-man movie has the event feel to it it has that culmination feel to it um which kind of just puts it in a in a separate category for me um but uh yeah i'm glad that you uh 
shouted out Black Widow here. Yeah, I, I'm so glad that that specific scene has made it into our collective lists because it was one of the ones when I was making my list, whereas I kept thinking, how can I not have that somewhere? And I don't, uh, but it is one of those scenes to even just speak within the movie. It is a scene that the reverberations of the effect that that had, the tone that they set in that opening credits is felt through to the end. And it is a wonderful pick, Jude. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm, you know, Nick Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) First Nick Sandy drop of 2022. (laughs) So I I think we know which installment Trace number one is going to come from, but I'm I'm really eager to hear hear which scene, which scene it is you chose from What If, Trey. Wait, wait, can we guess? Can we guess? (laughs) I would, I would love to get, to have have, Wow. Tara, okay. You, you go first. You go first. <laughs> Are, a, a serious guess or, or a guess of what he chose from What If? Go, uh, I would love to hear what you thought <laughs> I would pick from What If. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, you know what? I don't want to step on your step on your toes, Trey. Oh. I, I don't want to guess. <laughs> I, want, I want you to share your number one moment, Trey. So, you know, Tara, you just talked about how whenever you were trying to pick something, for Black Widow, you felt like it was appropriate to have something with Natasha and Yelena. Yeah. And I wanted to to, to bounce off of that because that specifically is what helped inform my number one pick. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise. My pick comes from Shang-Chi. And mm-hmm. whenever I talked about this movie, I think I have highlighted three different scenes throughout three different points that have stood out to me the most. And Tara, you already picked one with the bus fight. And we talked about what makes that so special. Uh, Whenever I joined your podcast, we talked about, you know, I called it a freaking tower (laughs) sequence and how impactful it was to do that. uh, Whenever they had the scene where he's scaling the side of the building with Katie and uh, Shaoling. But when I sat down to pick my number one, I could not pick a scene that didn't have both Shang-Chi and Wu, And it is the scene around the one hour and 42 minute mark where they have the final clash of Shang-Chi and Wu with the rings. Um, you know, so much of that movie is about Shang-Chi wrestling with wanting to run from his father's influences learning about his mother's and embracing those influences while maintaining who he is as a person and who he wants to be. And on the flip side, you have Winwu, who I have said multiple times is the emotional core of Shang-Chi. Like he, the movie works the way it does because of his storyline and the work that Tony Leung has done within that film. And so even though you can pull criticisms of the MCU doing its MCU thing with CGI and so much going on, this moment where they're fighting and they have that callback where Shang-Chi is able to use the the fighting style that his mother had learned and was used in the beginning sequence when uh, Ying Li and Wen Wu meet. Uh, and then, you know, he uses that to finally overcome his father. And... We see that in doing so, he's able to take control of the rings as well. And he just throws them down at the foot of his father because he's learned that killing him is not the answer he's looking for. He's truly trying to save his father. And, you know, Jude, I, I, I think your child uh, has made references that the the MCU is just littered with 
father stories. <laughs> and that is definitely true. But what is special about Shang-Chi is it's not just about the these the the son dealing with the father issue. We get to go through that journey with the father himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that hits me the hardest every time in that scene is right before um the the soul eater emerges the last act that Wenwu has with those rings is saving his son and the movie opens up with uh the narration of Shang-Chi's mother saying that he could have done so much good with those rings but instead conquered and the last act that he does is the final moment of good and it brings me to tears every time because Shang-Chi has won not through just physical violence but he has won his dad over back to a moral side and it's beautiful and so that is my number one scene of 2021 i'm so glad you chose that one trey <laughs> i i <laughs> you know i that's why i didn't want to guess because i was like you know what at anything that you were going to say about shang chi was going to be incredibly poignant and powerful <laughs> and i was like i'm not going to go ahead and guess which one it's going to be uh it's, that's such a good one and i think having Wen Wu in there is really important to mm-hmm. speaking to the messages of that film and, and really trying to encapsulate what, mm-hmm. what that film is all yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. There's so many good scenes. That's so, it was so hard yes, to pick there one. Are. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love how much you love that, that movie and just can go on and on and, and just gush about that movie. Um, and you're right. We, when I saw it, uh, my oldest, um, who is that? I was like, that's Shang-Chi's dad. Oh, is this another dad movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it is, it, that was actually almost in a top five moment. Shang Chi's dad, uh, for me, and as I have it at six, uh, actually, uh, but but it was it was because of having that moment and kind of that recognition of like, oh, what, and um, you know, and 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 that's one of the things I'll never forget about that movie is just that interaction that I had. Uh, but yeah, I I love it, and also I love like what you said at the end because it's in terms of the the dropping the rings because anytime you know the MCU's done it. Wow, off the top of my head, twice. Uh, you know, and, and my most favorite one is Return of the Jedi, where you can have that um, the redemption. You know, is not is not a, that redemptive violence, right? Where where the hero or or so to speak, you know, lays down the weapon um, rather than than you know acting through violence. I I just love how they when they when they um, when creators are able to create that moment. Yeah, it's it's such a special moment when you can find a nonviolent way to to solve the problem. And again, I say that knowing full well, this is the MCU. We're going to have that moment where Shang-Chi takes on the dragon, which I still think is poignant, but that's not my pick. But to have that that realization that I don't need to overpower you this way. I can play to the person I know you can be. I mean, that's not, I don't want to diminish it because I think Shang-Chi is their own character, but that is what, that's a commonality that I like within Captain America. The, the inspiration for better in the self and others. And in that moment is a small distillation of what I like about that hero aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you're right. Like right at the end when, when John Walker took off the helmet. So that's going to do it. Thank you so <laughs> <No>. much. <laughs> Oh man! Honestly, I I was really gonna throw a curveball and and say the first time we get to see John with the shield, 
That has to be Trey's number one. <laughs> oh, no. Tara saved me because I knew that was coming. So if you listen, I'm going to leave it in the edit specifically. You can see my voice go in two different directions. And I just lean towards Tara like, okay, yeah, what is my favorite? What else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, we did it. Top five yeah. scenes of 2021. God. And you know what, what sticks out to me the most is how much was left on the table. I think, yeah. that's, is there any scene that sticks out to anybody? And it doesn't have to be your honorable mention, but is there anyone that you think was going to make it that didn't? Ooh. Ooh. I, I think was going to make it. I, what's yours, Trey? Agatha all along. Yes, that's the one I was going to say. <laughs> yes. And, and that wasn't my number six either, but it was definitely on my list of WandaVision moments. And I, I thought someone might bring it up just because... Like, for what it represented. Like, what a WTF moment. I don't know about you guys, but, like, watching that for the first time, I was like, oh, there's there's a song now. There's a villain reveal, and it's a song. And, like, it, it was just such a, a unique moment that really leaned into the genre conventions of the sitcom thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I glad that we brought it up here just to note it as a certainly a unique and special moment from the year. Yeah. I don't have a specific scene. I'm just going to say, well, no, actually, I have a scene in mind, but there's so many. I'm surprised. All right, Tara, I know you mentioned earlier you had some honorable mentions. Is there any you wanted to uh, list out? Yeah, I guess, you know, the one that was hardest for me to cut that I had as a, an official number six that I, I, you know, had some notes on was from Loki, uh, specifically episode one, his initiation into the TVA, because I thought that that was such a great moment in terms of ushering in a new landscape for the MCU. This was a new look and feel. The aesthetics of the TVA are so interesting and in how they, they have this mid-century modern kind of inspired style that feels both past and future and so ultimately somewhat timeless. And here's Loki, a very familiar character to us who's thrown into an unfamiliar context and they're using him to introduce us to new kind of riskier sides of the MCU and grounding us a little bit, but also establishing the stakes when we see that you know he he's stripped of his Asgardian leather and uh, and really thrown into this environment. So I uh, wanted to have a chance to mention that as as a, as a moment that I think is really important and uh, just also beautiful uh, visually in in the MCU this year that I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, talk about before. Yeah, that's a that's a good mention. What about you, Jude? Well, I've already mentioned uh, what. What I had listed as number six, um, actually the Shang, 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 dude, what's wrong with me? The Shang Chi, like a, like now that I know the Shang Chi, um, actually there was an interesting moment the other day with my friend TJ, um, and we were talking about uh, Hawkeye, and he was uh, talking about, I don't know how it came up, but he mentioned Budapest, and I corrected him. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. So. Uh, <laughs> So was it TJ? I'm pretty sure it was TJ. Um, but yeah, so the other one, the, the last one I'll mention here notes wise was. I got uh, a quick honorable mention and what would have been my number six scene. Uh, honorable mention, it, it kills me that I also wasn't able to find a spot for the flashback scene where Shang-Chi and Wenwu go to that bar slash gambling place to exact revenge yeah. on the people that murdered uh, there, his wife and Shang Chi's mom. Um, it, it came down to like what I said. I, I, I wanted a scene that represented them both, but 
I wanted something a little bit more uplifting, despite how much that scene impacted me. Uh, so that one gets an honorable mention. And what would have been number six, and another one that I'm just, this is what I mentioned when I said I had to delete it and walk away from my keyboard earlier. It's the bridge, the chase sequence in Hawkeye. The yeah. the one where they're escaping, uh, being captive with the tracksuit mafia all the way through to the Pemtech Arrow. It is a wonderfully well done scene, and I'm so sad that it I couldn't make it in the top five. So thinking about it, I I think we have some on our lists. We have some representation from each installment of the year, except what if, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now I will say this. And I, and I mentioned this in, uh, no, I didn't mention this. Trey and I, w- when we were trying to put out our top, uh, our ranking, our Disney Plus shows, we talked about this. Um, for, at least for me, because it's animated, and I still see it mentally kind of separate from the, MC- from the MCU proper. Sure. Um, I know that's changing. I know it's changing, but like for some reason there's just like this mental block well like even when somebody asked it was like i had students ask today is that your favorite spider-man movie um you know and i give my answer and then somebody immediately followed up it's not into the spider-verse and i was like well i i'm thinking live action uh so that's honestly even going through these i really didn't honestly didn't give what if much thought uh for that reason just the difference of live action yeah i i think i'm in that space with you and I feel like I, I feel bad because I don't I don't want to ostracize it from being part of the MCU because I mean it is intended to be that way, but it just it didn't really cross my mind whenever I I sat down to write lists. Uh, there were moments that I think stood out to me, like the the second to last episode where Hawkeye has that sacrifice play and he is aiming down as the Ultron bots are coming up. That moment was amazing and i love the way that that was framed and the lighting and the animation but it just when it came to cracking a top five i just i couldn't put it above anything else yeah i I feel similarly there are some uh because i wouldn't even necessarily think of them in terms of scenes but like there are some uh frames there are some visuals there are some shots that really stand out that i think were really stunning and in what if and there are some character beats too and and some lines that i think stand out but uh but I, I'm in the same boat as you guys that it, it didn't really feel as much part of the same conversation for me personally. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're getting to the end here, but Tara, you had a fantastic suggestion on Twitter <laughs> where you thought we should share what we thought were some memeable scenes from 2021. <laughs> uh, I know you you kind of tiptoed into one, but uh, are there any that stand out to you specifically? Well, this was prompted. It, it was Al who who shared the gif of Zemo dancing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once once he posted that, I was like, oh man, yeah, this year gave us some iconic gifs here, uh, some iconic meme template uh, opportunities. So the other ones that kind of stood out to me, um, I mentioned before the kind of what is blank, if not blank, persevering, which to, to your point, Jude, like that is such a powerful and tender and sentimental moment that I don't need there to be jokes about that. Um, I've seen <laughs> that out there and I, they're fine. They don't undermine it or ruin it for me. Um, but I, uh, that line still lands for me. Um, such a poser. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, and uh, from Shang-Chi or 
That's a, <laughs> that has or. infiltrated my conversations with my mom and dad. They will throw out <laughs> or so frequently, especially since you know I'm in the family lawn service. We'll have conversations, and then I'll say like, "Oh, we need to do this," and one of them will pipe in or. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, the thing man. is, is he even creeps into our text. Like he'll say, well, "What about this?" And then and the text will follow in. Or, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's really great. <sighs> so, what about you, Jude? Do you have any memeable scenes from 2021? Memeable scenes. Um, I, God, no. Uh, (laughs) i'm so terrible at this and and again and and like i'm trying to think and i'm just i had one and i was like no that's terrible and i had another and that was bad um i i don't know what it is i like gifts and so when you say memes, my first head, my my head keeps going to gifts, and it's like, oh, this moment, this moment is like, oh, but that's not a meme, that's a gif. Um, and so that's just be honest, that's what make made it so difficult for me. That's um, fair. I was kind of know. using it as an umbrella term for funny internet thing. Yeah, it so shows like, how much I know. I guess I guess we're all a little bit older than the meme crowd. I don't know. Is that even? Yeah, true? I don't. Yeah, so now I'm trying to think of of there. I think I think the the one that I think that if I was going to have and use, and again, my mind goes to gifts is just Loki and this reaction to Mobius. And I, where he's like, I, and I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason that just sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. So I have two and the first one I think is easy, but it's flourish. I think I yeah. got, that has been thrown around so frequently and I love it just because of what it represents within the episode and the way people have used it. The s- second one, and this one may be a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to try and make my argument for it. In the second episode of WandaVision, there is a moment where somebody says something, the devil's in the details, or the details mm. in the devil. And Agatha what? says, what? It's not the details is in the devil. I thought I reversed it, even though I had it correct. <laughs> regardless, my details are all over the place, but the devil, uh, regardless, Agatha had the response. That's not the only place he is. Yeah. Because of that line, you can now not go more than five comments before someone comments Mephisto on yeah. any speculative <laughs> yeah. thing in the MCU. So that mm-hmm. has to be, for me, the most memeable moment of 2021. You're yeah. so right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even if I botched the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my picks. Mephisto is is coming. Yeah. <laughs> He's on his way in May, this May. It's going to happen. Doctor Strange. Oh, man. Okay, you want to get marvel fans mad the way to do it is you Ages take is not canon go ahead oh. <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say in doctor strange they should have mephisto but do the trevor slattery mandarin twist and it not be mephisto that would definitely yeah. get him going <laughs> yeah <laughs> so kind of like 
you have Pietro, but you don't have Pietro. He's just yeah. a dude named Ralph Bonner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I guess Marvel's not, you know, shy on pulling switcheroos like that. You know what's kind of a meme or, or I guess has meme potential, but maybe hasn't really been used this way, and I wish it was used more. I, I don't know if I'm using meme and internet reaction interchangeably here, but remember at the end of, I guess it was episode five of WandaVision, before Pietro arrives at the door, when Wanda mm-hmm. and Vision are having the, the, an argument and she just starts rolling the credits over him. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. I, that, yes. I wish that there was a way of capturing that more in real life or on the internet of just like, I'm done with this conversation. Yeah. Here come the credits. Amazing. Oh, I, 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 All right. We'd like to thank Nick Sand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. that, yes. <laughs> well, I was say, the, the, oh my the, God. The, the number of times that I just imagined that in my head anyways, it it is it happens in real life. I'm just <laughs> It does. It happens on every episode of your podcast. I can't believe I didn't make that connection. <laughs> it is literally the same thing. <laughs> oh man. Well Tara, thank you so much for the suggestion. I think this was a very fun addition to this podcast. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, We've got one more thing left. I know Jude and I just recently talked about it in our previous episode, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance here to say, what are you most excited for in 2022 regarding the MCU? Yes. Um, well, I, I listened to your episode and I actually really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on some of the the troubled production around Black Panther. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, not to go in a downer type of direction, but I, uh, I did just want to bring that up because... I thought that was a really um, astute conversation that you guys were having about that. And I, I share some of those anxieties around that film because the first Black Panther is just such an amazing work. Uh, and, and I just want the franchise within the franchise, uh, the Black Panther franchise within the MCU to uh, mm-hmm. continue to to thrive. Um, but I, like Jude, am very much looking forward to She-Hulk because of the wonderful Tatiana Maslany. And um, I know you spoke to it on your episode, but she is a remarkable actor who can really capture so so much emotion, but also so much humor. She can, um, she's absolutely a a dynamic force. And I'm really looking forward to the tone of what She-Hulk can be with this idea of it being maybe a little bit more campy and breaking the fourth wall. So that's probably my number one pick for the the Disney Plus series that I'm looking forward to and probably my number one overall. Um, but in terms of movies, I, I got to go with Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, probably just because it's, it's fresh in my mind because we did see the trailer after Spider-Man. And I love Wanda so much, as you guys know from some of my picks here tonight and i'm so looking forward to seeing where her journey goes next and how that's going to interweave with the world of of dr strange as well so yeah i'm very much looking for forward to 2022 i think that it'll feel a little bit different you know we had nine installments this year that was a lot of content in 2021 and it seems like with them doing three movies as opposed to four in this coming year, I, I think maybe that will be a, a little bit of a a good thing to to slow down the pace a little bit. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited. It'll yeah. certainly make this task a whole lot easier yeah. next year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
But yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I'm so glad to get to hear that uh, perspective. And again, I, I look forward to hearing it. I know you just recently did an episode on a retrospective and a little peek at what's to yeah. come. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Tara, thank you so much for joining us on this. This has been a blast. Thank you, Trey. And thank you, Jude. It's always so much fun to collaborate with you guys, especially on tasks like this, which are both incredibly fun and also somewhat daunting and uh, cause us to do things like have multiple tabs open on our computers before we start and narrowing <laughs> out which scenes from like, what are we going to choose? Um, so uh, always a blast. And uh, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah. And of course, if you're not familiar already, you should definitely be following Tara on social media. You can find them on both Twitter and Instagram at an idea underscore podcast. And if you're not subscribed to their podcast, there was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You should definitely do so. We will have links to all those respective places in the show notes. And of course, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we recently just put out a post asking for your favorite scenes of 2021, and we had so many wonderful responses, and it was so much fun to get to see uh, what was the most impactful for you all in 2021. So if you want to see some of those or answer your own, uh, make sure you're following us there and let us know. Yeah, and be sure to scroll down on the show notes, click on the Discord. You can find a wonderful community to talk about a variety of things. And of course, you be there for Marvel. So make sure you click on the roll assign or to the Marvel section. Click on the eye emojis to have access to all the spoiler channels. Um, and of course, the best thing you can do for us, rating on... Ah, at this point, what, about a month, three weeks now? And on Spotify, or at least as we record, Apple Podcast, and please share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which will be linked in the show notes. And that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Tara and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, guys. We'll see you all next week. Um, now my question is, you are completely too monitoring this thing and having like Black Widow on the second monitor, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're That's not, not that know. far off. You are not that far off. <laughs> I, I had Black Widow up on another tab just a few minutes ago. And I do have up in another tab uh like my notes for when i did a black widow deep dive episode and you've totally nailed it that black widow is the one that i can't decide on <laughs> one scene from <laughs> so so yes jude you are uh you're you're thinking along the the right lines there nice. i love it i can't wait to edit it and i'm just gonna hear scenes from the movie <laughs> 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 well, I, I kind of liked when the movie started and, and there was a middle section that was really cool and the end was pretty <laughs> awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's three uh, spots right there. You know, and, and honorable mention, I think, is the end credit. So. There it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man.